Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody with another episode of the podcast that's Sweep of the Nation. It's indeed episode 139. Can you believe it? Already, 139 of One Man's Opinion. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting, uh, liking, favoriting, everything that you've done to make this podcast wildly, wildly successful and uh, very, uh, very high on the charts. So thank you very much for raising that up and spreading the word. We do so appreciate that. My name is Chef Mance Case. You're just stumbling in for the first time. Welcome to the program. You could hear me I as I host Elite Sports, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, weekday afternoons, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. Also, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with my main man, Bob Harris, on that program. I'm also uh, part owner and um, chief content officer of FantasyGuru.com. Get over there for all the rest of season football needs. Daily fantasy football, seasonal rankings, projections, waivers, and trades, and matchups, and scripts, and everything you need to be successful in seasonal, daily, betting, data, everything. The only place on earth you find the smash reports every single week, offensive line, defensive line, matchup smash reports as well. See who has the truly best matchups in the trenches each week. That is only on fantasyguru.com. Also chief content officer over there as well. Find me on social media at Jeff underscore mans, the Jeff mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and of course on TikTok. today, we're going to have a lively episode. If I don't scream and yell, it would be, <clears throat> I think it will be a bit of a, an upset. Maybe that'll be my upset of the week. If I actually maintain uh, some semblance of calm, Throughout the course of this one, I've got a lot to say. We've got a lot to do here. So let's jump right in. I want to talk about a weird period of life, a weird period of our existence. I want to talk about everything. I'm going to get, I want to get to the Tuanon stuff. Tua Tangliavoa, I want to talk about him. I want to talk about Miami Dolphins fake fans. I'm not going to, I refuse to call them Miami Dolphins fans because they're not Dolphins fans. Dolphins, I've met Dolphins fans. Um, these are Tua, Tua Tungliavoa mainstay stands. There's something else going on that we'll dive into way beyond that. But in case you don't know, I got attacked by these people on, on Twitter. Of course, it's nothing in real life because these are all little Twitter tough guys that uh, would would think they're going to be tough to me then they walk into the same room and say which one's man's oh that that big dude 6'3 225 pounds yeah no I'm not going to say anything I'm just going to go ahead and go back to the internet that's what I'm going to do but uh, nevertheless uh, we'll, we'll talk about that here on the show also want to talk about discord and emoji gate another thing that happened over this weekend I'm telling you this is one of the I won't say best I won't say worst weeks of my entire life it's just been an absolute headache right just a headache and it has to do with dealing with people but i do want to get into week 13 matchups and breakdowns what i want to talk about tough decisions that's something i'm going to do on the program here today we're guest free so it's just me over the next 60 plus minutes or so so 
I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. I want to talk about Damian Pierce and Pacheco and Christian Watson. Some of these players and do deeper dives into whether we should be starting them, trusting them this week, and even going forward as well, because I think there's a lot of mistakes that I'm seeing out there in the marketplace. And it's week 13. You can't afford to make mistakes anymore. You know, in week six, seven, eight, you make a mistake, you learn from it, you correct it. I'll never fall for that again. Oh, I'll never start that guy again. Oh, I won't jump into this team. You know, it's week six, seven, and eight. We were still invested in the Denver Broncos, right? We've learned our lessons. Now it's time to crown champions in leagues. I have a handful of leagues, high stakes leagues, expert leagues, the Scott Fishbowl that have already moved into the playoff rounds. Now these are a lot of total points and overall championship type leagues as well. So right now it's all about winning. If you don't win, you go home, your season's over in that league. You don't have to set a lineup, don't do waivers and you're done. All right. So that's where we're at. So I'm going to dive into some, some of the players that I think are the most important decisions of our week 13. As always, I will, uh, you know what? I think I'll throw out a single game parlay for everybody out there for the Thursday night game. You know, I like, to, I'm going to, think I'll do this for a while. I'm going to I like to give special content to those of you who download and listen right away on Wednesday night Thursday. That's I love all you Friday, Saturday weekend people too. Don't get me wrong, I love all of you. But yeah, well something for the effort. Well, you know, you guys are downloading before the Thursday night games, you know, within that 12-hour window from when the podcast goes live to the kickoff. That's fantastic. So I'm going to give you a single game parlay. I'll have my favorite bet of the week. I'll get my survivor picks in here. The upset of the week, which I I already know the upset of the week. I can't believe this is not, shouldn't be profound. I think maybe it'll surprise some of you, but not the sharp ones because there's a bad, bad market on one of these games, a bad line, if you will. And uh, I'll talk about that later on in the show as well. So we've got a lot to get to here today. Let me address the two and on situation. So for those who aren't in the know and don't follow Twitter, by the way, God bless you. Honest to God, God bless you. Because Twitter has become a cesspool. I've talked about this for two years. It, there's no more talk. You don't follow people to get their information or to have a conversation to identify and reach out to people who you otherwise would never have any contact with in life. No, it's, it's a, an online message board used for hate, hate speech and attacking people. That's it. That's what it's, that's 90% of what Twitter has become. That's why you don't see me tweeting much anymore. I mean, I'll tweet, throw out some thoughts here and there, but it's very open-ended and, and, and so let me, what happened is three years ago before the uh, was it 2020 NFL draft, I had, as I always do, did my usual breakdowns. And we always talk about quarterbacks because we overrate them up the ass every single year. We have to talk about, oh, my God, who do you like? And back in those days, in pre-2020, Joe Burrow was my guy. In fact, I mean, the 2020 draft for me, breaking it down, I have had some monster miss or wrongs, if you will, misses. I mean, I fucking 
Odell Beckham Jr. Old takes exposed got me on that one. You know, I thought that was terrible. Um, I, I've had just some terrible draft takes in the past or ones that have been proven wrong. Some of the take, that's another thing. We have to learn the difference between a bad take or a bad thought and being wrong. I love to be wrong. Love it. Absolutely love it. To me, I love sports. I do this full time and have done it for 18 years now. And on the national level, on the local level, writing, owning businesses, data, broadcasting, everything else. And I will continue to do it. I love sports. I love everything about it. I love the competitive. I love the thing. I There's nothing I love more than the underdog. I like that you could take a player that comes out of nowhere and all he has to do is win. That's all you do. I feel I have built my career in a very similar fashion. I get asked all the time, how'd you get into radio? How'd you get into broadcasting? How'd you get into fantasy sports? It was that always your thing. And you know, it's anybody's ever tried to break into fantasy sports or the industry, if you will, especially in the last 10, 15 years, when I started out 18 years ago, it was a little easier because it was just a kind of a, you know, a couple hundred people, you know, you get in whatever now, and that's what happened with DFS and betting. There's no more getting in, serving your time. You have to win your way in. Every day you have to win. You have to compete. You have to go to work. You have to punch the clock. Oh, I sold, that's why there's so much turnover in our business. People can't hang. People can't stand it. And it's difficult. But it's like that to be a professional athlete. It should be like that in most occupations, although what I'm noticing is there's several, some too much, too many people shy away from the competition standpoint. But I love what I love about sports is that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. All they have to do is win. They have to try harder, work harder, be better. That's what they have to do. And if the scoreboard at the end of the day shows that they won, then there's no robbing it. There's no taking it away. It lives on forever. That's not what a lot of other people like. That's not what the two and none society and group likes. They don't believe in that. They pretend that that's what they like but they they're not interested in truth or honesty or any of that mm -mm, mm -mm. they just have decided arbitrarily to like a certain player and are now that's that's it that's all there's nothing else there's no other side of it and of course they're fucking idiots who are fucking wrong and dumb right that's what they are i wish there was something else to be said about it but there's not so in 2020, I had some real good draft analysis. Love Joe Burrow. Love Justin Jefferson. Talked about Jamar Chase. He didn't get into the next year. I'd said that LSU team is bangers top to bottom. The only guy, uh, the only one that I wasn't in on was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And of course, fucking people went crazy on him in the fantasy community for some odd reason. I mean, I, I had takes on Ayuk from ASU, on fucking Jordan Brooks, who is now, if you're in an IDP league. So this is one of my better draft classes for me as personally, okay? Um, some wrongs that I got in there. Is DeAndre Swift a wrong? I was in on Jonathan Taylor. He went a little later. Chase Claypool, I guess. I was really high on him. It looked great after one year. Claypool is a good – that's a fun one because Claypool – is similar to Tua. And so I have this soundbite that went out. I know I'm all over the place. Went out via at SiriusXM 
uh, fantasy on Twitter three years ago before the draft. And I said, yeah, it's embarrassing watching Tua throw the ball. It's embarrassing to think that he's going to come in and light up the National Football League. The The game is too fast. He was hurt at the time. He's not going to be a mobile quarterback at the next level either. He doesn't have that kind of arm strength. He doesn't fit this system in Miami. Or, uh, it, you know, he has to be in the exact right system. Mind you, here's another thing. That soundbite was about 90 seconds long. I did about 10 hours, eh, maybe six hours, actually, on Tua alone. On the Let's say the quarterbacks. So I have six hours of tape. Fuckheads found 90 seconds of it and think, that's what you say. No, no, but whatever. I don't care. I don't give a shit. So that was the, my sound was, you know, they grabbed it. Mind you, here's another little secret. I don't post the sound. I don't have any stake in the sound. I don't decide what goes out, what doesn't go out, where they clip it, where they don't clip it. I I have no control or no say so in any of it. Now, I think that if I stomped my feet and cried and, and said something, that maybe I could. Maybe I could get more sound posted. Maybe I could have less sound. Maybe I could have a say so in there. I honestly don't know. My producers, Phil and Sandro, at this point, they have pretty much run of that, but it's also upper, upper management that wants a soundbite on such and such out there and, and what have you. So I don't have control of any of that. You have to be a fucking idiot to think that 90 seconds of sound was everything that some person believed. But we live in an era and an age where fucking idiots are rampant. So here we are. So these fuck this group of fucking idiots said that they they found the soundbite from three years ago. Cool. And then they attacked me for being wrong on on Tua Tonga Tonga Vailoa. It's another thing they want me to pronounce his name right. I never pronounce his right name right. Um I'd for me, I will pronounce your name right when you deserve it. I will say, let me also, before I dive into this further, let me say that I feel bad for Tua because I really like the kid, and I really want the best for the kid. I have since Alabama, okay, um, going into the league. I But I, I get paid to tell the truth. I get paid to analyze. I get paid, I get paid to be right. Let's be honest. That's what my market is. That's what I do. That is what those of you listening, maybe you like the fart jokes and the curse words on this podcast or uh, my innuendos on the XM show, or may- maybe that's it. I don't know. But I think you you want analysis. You want honesty, full disclosures. I think that's basically been the hallmark of my career. So that's not going to change. I don't have an ax to grind with Tua. I never did. And um, I would like to root for him, but it's impossible. At this stage, it's impossible for me. I just, even though I want the kid to be well off and his life to be happy and everything else, when he falls or if he falls, it's going to bring a smile to my face. That's pathetic. That's terrible. I really don't have another choice. They've painted me into a corner where now 
I'm emotionally invested and personally invested in being right yet again on this topic. That's what that's the market that they've created. Now, I, I mean, and what they want me to do is when Tool gets another concussion or breaks his leg or God forbid, uh, or uh, loses some games or whatever they, ex they want me to go. And cause these fuckheads just live on Twitter and social media. They want me to go out there. I'm not doing that, but I want them to know that I will just be sitting here and I know you'll think of me. They'll have no choice because that the, the account dolphins receipts is one of the funniest Twitter monikers I've ever heard in my life because this organization is garbage. It's shit. It's one of the worst organizations in all of sports. These guys fired a, a minority coach, basically set him up for failure, tried to hire somebody else around him, weren't honest with him. They uh, tried to get Deshaun Watson during the whole uh, – uh, situation with the massage and all that they sold out for that they tried to go underhanded to give tom brady ownership to get him away it's the sneakiest dirtiest organization sports and not to mention it's one of the shittiest teams in, in professional football over the last 22 years go back to dan marino's and don shula class organization great organization 72 dolphins fantastic 84 dolphins one of my favorite teams growing up duper and clayton loved them Loved them. But they haven't been relevant in years. To start a Twitter account that says Dolphins receipts, uh, is there, by the way, is there a Texans receipts right now? Is is there a, a Chicago Bear receipts or a Jacksonville Jaguar receipts? Are you showing how wrong everybody was when they shit on them? No. Do you know why? Because it'd be fucking stupid. Dolphins receipts started their account in June of this year. A little bit after I recorded podcast number 117 when I was digging the Dolphins. So I was in on this Dolphins team before them. I was on this Dolphins team before anybody that came at me. So what happened? They went at me. And Jeff, why are you spending so much time on it? Well, listen, this is what they said. Uh, they called me a pedophile. They uh, they made fun of my face and all that, which I think they they were right. By the way, that's uh, and that's just good stuff. I don't have any problems with that kind of stuff. They went at my family. They went at my um, my occupation. They talked about my company. They went to SiriusXM. By the way, good luck with the numbers I bring in for SiriusXM. I mean, good luck. Okay, you know I I have a great relationship with them. Just signed a new deal in November or like three weeks ago. So good luck. What are you going to say? Jeff Manzer's me and you might call you back. Yeah, they love it. By the way, that soundbite jumped up through the roof and now is one of their highest rated audiograms ever. So I'll just put that in my hip pocket for the next contract negotiation. And there we go. So thank you, you idiots. But thank you very much for boasting me up even more. But yeah, they got personal. They they went into everything. Obviously, tried to tear down your career because that's what pe people think. Oh, I'll tear down the career. Here's the problem with all of it. All right, the problem is that everything that I do is out in the public eye. There's no arrest warrants. There's no secret mistresses. 
There's no secret families and lives and shit like that, right? None of this exists. I've been out in the public eye for 18 years, 12, 13 years on national radio. So all that is out there. Every word, every take I've ever had has been broadcast. I don't hide. I don't hide behind this or that. In fact, I protect a lot of people. I have a lot of dirt on a lot of people in my industry that it's just not my place. Every now and then I get a little loose lipped and I make people mad because I, I have a tart. I have a hard time not telling the truth. That's my, one of my biggest things and just spilling all the tea all the time. So that's where I get, I get calls weekly. I heard you said something and I don't mean any harm by it, but it is what it is. So I have to go out there. I have to defend my credibility on this stuff. The bottom line is what I get paid to do is be right. And I was right in 2020. The Dolphins should not have drafted Tua Tongovailoa. They should not have drafted him. They should have drafted Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, as we sit here, is a better quarterback. You can't argue it. I know you will argue it. I know. I know you will. And mind you, I don't give a shit about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, for those who – this is another thing, just so we're clear. I'm, I'm not a – I don't live this life. When you're an analyst and you're professional, there's nothing, you can't just side with a player the way these people do. And you can't have favorites. Everything has to be the truth. Everything has to be out there. Otherwise, you're going to suck at your job. You're going to get caught. You're going to make terrible mistakes and you're going to cost people money. And then then you're definitely fired or then you'll definitely be canceled. So Herbert was one of the biggest recruits I have ever seen. There was such a strong market for his services going into college that like, this is a guy that we had heard back in the, uh, you know, the whole NFL network, Trent Dilfer used to do all this shit. Right. And we, we had seen and heard everything about Herbert. Now every school wanted him, but, we knew he's from Oregon. He's likely go to Oregon. He's a three sports star, all, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, he was, when he got to Oregon, he was a very prized possession. A lot of people talked about him being the next big pro quarterback. And he just never really popped, right? He had like a big sophomore year, or maybe it was his freshman year, and just never, eh. Right. We cut well, and then we analyzed it, said, Yeah, he was checked down Charlie in school. He has a good arm, but is he gonna do anything with it? Can he throw the football down the field? And he busted on the scene, it's been amazing for the Chargers. And people like to compare Tua to Herbert season this year. And you know, number one, Herbert is better. He's doing better. He's thrown for more yards, right? I mean, he's ran for more yards. He's it's a, he's a, he's just a better player. I mean, I don't know what to say. And then the argument of course would be to a miss some time. Well, unfortunately that is part of it. That is a part of it. So that's what you could do when you're a tiny guy like Tua, you tiny guy breaks down when you're big, strong ox who breaks rib cartilage and plays through it. Like Herbert, you play through it and you end up 
better. That's part of this. Whether we like it or not, doesn't matter. That's what it is. I was down on Tua. I didn't tell people, don't draft the guy. Don't ever do anything. I said over and over, he has to hit the right system. He has to be in the right system. It has to be very precise for him to be successful. And unfortunately, the NFL was not going to that style. It More West Coast, quick timing routes over the middle, shorter throws with speedy receivers. That's what he needed. I said it in 2020. And the NFL at that time specifically was very spread offense, wide open, three, four wide receiver sets. And I'm like, this is just not good. It's going to be more mobile quarterbacks. That I was right on. We've seen that. Tua was not a mobile mobile guy, not a threat to run the football either. So that was right. And in 2020, when he landed with the Miami Dolphins, I sat there and then for fantasy, I said to not draft him. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, my, my boy, by the way, came on and just plain and simple, 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick played better. Dolphins were a good team that season. Dolphins were over 500 that season. They did well. And it was thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick who came in and did a lot of the heavy lifting there. Tua played, played majority of games, had a good record. You know, I mean, he didn't play poorly, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was a better quarterback. I said not to draft him. I was right. 2021 comes up, same thing. Same thing. No, not going to be in on Tua. Don't like this offense at all. Um, didn't like Tua in it, even though he was the assumed starter. Came in, saw Brissett play very well, which we've seen, by the way. Um, and Tua played pretty shitty. He threw the ball in harm's way a lot last year. Okay, he and more so than I thought we would see from him. So I saw regression. And by the way, if you do enough of a deep dive on it, he tells you him, his own person will tell you Tua, Tango Vailoa will say, yeah, I was spiraling. I was depressed. I didn't feel it. I didn't play well. He says it. These fucking two on assholes will say it's great every single minute of the day. He his own person says it. That's the funniest part about this is that they don't even listen to what the person who they're, they think they're defending. This is not about Tua. This is about these low lives that have nothing else going on in their life, but to gravitate on an athlete or a team or whatever it is, a movement, I guess, and try to make it something that it's not. And they spread misinformation. That's why people get kicked off social media because they just are they're wrong, just wrong. So I said to stay away from the 2021. Then we got to this season every year for those not familiar with my work, Sirius XM and fantasyguru.com and everywhere I go, everything's reset. What happens? I have been on top. I'm not some snowflake. This is another funny one. The people came after me. This guy couldn't throw a football 20 yards. I go, I'll bet you $100,000 right now. I will bet I will bet everything that's in my checking account right now versus everything that's in yours or savings account or whatever you want to do. Every penny, million dollars. I think I go up to 1.1 on that. 
all the way down to $17. If you get whatever you got, I will bet you every nickel to my name to yours that I'll throw the ball over 20 yards. They said, oh, you'll throw a spiral odds. Again, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds. So wrong person. I know the systems, the schemes, all how football's played. I'm sure Dolphins receipts and people like that don't have any idea. So um, we reevaluate. We went into 2022 and said, okay, what are we thinking here? And it was pretty disgusting what the Dolphins did to Brian Flores. Let's be honest. Uh, I believe that there was racial undertones there, whether that was the number one reason or not. I didn't know, but Miami made a choice in Mike McDaniel, which was the best hiring, best coaching hire of this offseason. I said that going away. I said it before he was hired. I said, if whoever gets, if somebody gets Mike McDaniel away from Kyle Shannon, that's the guy. Sure enough, Miami did. He brought there. I was so impressed. He didn't fire any of the staff. He kept the staff. He goes, all we need to do is change some things. We just need to tighten everything up. That's all we need to do. Put this system in that suits Tua perfectly. Get some assets around him, the best possible things we can, and let's roll. That's all he did. Most of the staff is still say, I recorded a whole podcast over an hour, episode 117, Digging the Dolphins. And I said, Tua's going to have a huge year. Told everybody, draft Tua, draft Tua, bet on Tua, bet the overs, bet the overs on the Dolphins, everything. I've never loved Teddy Bridgewater in my life. I've always not liked him. But I said, great fit for this scheme. Fucking phenomenal. Hand, I, I was so rarely, I don't say to handcuff Mahomes or Allen. But because of Tua's stature, I said, all right, well, I'm fine handcuffing Bridgewater with him, which turned out to be right, even though Bridgewater gets hurt in the first fucking play of uh, when his first start, came back and saved it, or what have you. But that's how deep I was on the Dolphins. So I was ground zero on this team. You know, I I was in on the Dolphins before these guys. I'm the one that should go around looking for receipts. You can say whatever you... The way the world works, everybody, is not... this. If this is what your idea is, you're going to be disappointed and you're you're not going to have a very happy life. Just going to tell you that. It's not how any of this works. You do not pretend that what somebody says, social media was not invented so that something somebody says 10 years ago now affects them and impacts them 10 years down the road or three years or two years or six months. I used to live tweet football games, but when you, I live tweet because I have access to every single game and I'm watching in real time. I have the cornerback charts. I know who's on the field, who's not on the field. I, I've always done that. And do you know at Jeff underscore man's why I don't do that anymore? Because the general population is so fucking stupid that it would be two hours later. I would say, oh, man, uh, Aaron Rodgers really looking like crap right now. And then you know, later in the game, Rogers would turn around, do very well. And people are like, didn't age well. I did a whole podcast on aging. Well, I did it. It's it's, <laughs> I did a whole episode on that too. It wasn't. And I no in no way, shape or form was I intending 
for Aaron Rodgers to always play poorly because he was at that moment. And you could easily say, well, why did you, you shouldn't have tweeted that? Okay, right. So what you're telling analysts is to not tell you anything, is to withhold information, which, by the way, you ever look at an NFL injury report, you wonder why beat writers don't tell you anything? Are they lazy? Probably. But are we as consumers too fucking stupid to understand the difference? And if they are ever wrong, despite that their information would be right, but if the results don't happen, would we go and try to get them fired from their jobs? Yes. It's exactly what the public would do. This is why you can't have nice things. This is why analysts in my business and other sports analysts don't try to have opinions or bold opinions. And when we do, when we think outside the box, we get absolutely castrated for it and destroyed for it. And again, it does. I've just proven it didn't matter if I'm right or wrong. I'm right. I was right about Tua Tango Vailoa every single moment of his career. This guy, point in the thumb. I was right from Jump Street. Everything has gone right. Not everything has gone right for, I have so many bad takes and wrong takes and things that I've missed on. So many players, so many games, so many situations, right? So many. This was not, this is simply not one of them. That's why it's astounding that I'm getting blasted for this. But again, all we're doing, I could block them and I ended up having to block them. I don't believe in the block situation like i think it, but i just don't want to talk to you anymore like it has nothing to do with being scared i don't give a fuck you're not gonna intimidate me there's not even a little bit like you have no idea i am not even a shred scared of dolphins receipts little baby back i'm not worried about baby back but i don't want to talk to you anymore that's it's because your breath stinks it's because you, your breath is like shit, like you ate a big pile of shit and still have it in between your teeth and you don't brush your teeth. That's what your Twitter account is. That's what some of those people, other people were like. And I'm not going to do it. They don't like me saying anything. They are, oh, you think you're so hot. I am hot. I'm fucking, I'm smoldering, bitch. I am important. I, I do have a lot of people that care about my opinion and like what I say. I have customers, I have listeners, I have everything. Everything that you wish you had, that's what I have, including having the right take on your precious quarterback. So there you go. And before you guys, any of us, go after the next person, whether it's in the news or politics or sports or investment advice or whatever, before you go at them, remember, what you're creating is a situation which nobody will tell you the truth anymore. Nobody can tell you what they really believe. Why? Because when they do, they get attacked and they get, they try to get canceled. That's what they do. That's what, that's the civilization we've created. And these people think they have power. They have no power over me whatsoever. But sometimes if I was an 18-year veteran of this industry, if I imagine if I had just started two years ago on XM 
imagine if I had just started the company and was trying, they could have torn down everything that I did. They, they, they don't care. I'm sure they're going after other people and they're tearing their, them down. But if you want to, if you want to have fun, look at those people later in life, two, three years down the road. And that's why I have a great memory and I'm very good at, I have documents of threads I need to revisit and I will go back to, and I will be the one handing out the receipts. Dolphins receipts when they're five and 11 is going to be hilarious. It's going to be an abandoned account. That's what it's going to be. Cause you imagine this here's by the way, dolphins records, eight and three this year. Good. Nine and eight, 10 and six. Cool. Five and 11, seven and nine, six and 10, 10 and six. Six and ten, eight and eight, eight and eight, seven and nine, six and ten, seven and nine, seven and nine, eleven and five. Oh, there you go. Tony Sperano, remember that? One and fifteen. Six and ten. Seven and nine. Four and twelve. Ten and six. Nine and seven. There you go. Dave Wanstead. <laughs> Fucking Dave Wanstead era. By the way, you drove Nick Saban out too. What how what a shit organization? Could have had Nick Saban. You had Nick Saban. And he's like, fuck this. I'm going back to the pros. There's your receipts. There's your receipts. Third longest playoff drought in professional football, everybody. There you go. Third longest. Good Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. A lot of 30-year-olds are like, oh, yeah, the Dolphins, the perennial what? Don't even know they're in professional football. So that account will be abandoned. Probably, I think they'll be good for a little while, right? I think they'll be good for a while. McDaniel's going to be good. So they may have a couple-year run. But when I'm old and gray, I'll go back. And remember these days, everybody? Remember the days? Dolphins receipts sitting at 4-12, and 4-13. and 13. <laughs> That will be funny. Um, all right, I spent way too much time on this. So that's uh, that's where I'm at with it. I have a lot else to get to here. Emoji gate in our betting discord. I'll say this. This goes hand in hand with the two and on people. You, what happened is um, this has been a banner week for me. I got accused of uh, somebody said I mislabeled my record in our betting on our betting site um, because I put a check mark emoji next to one of the plays that was wrong three weeks ago. Um, I mean, I want everybody to know transparency is what we do. It's all we do. Our picks are entered into a spreadsheet and manually, or I'm sorry, automatically graded and calculated and everything. I post my record after every single bet, after every single week, I post it four times a week, three times a week. When I post on Friday nights, Mondays and Thursdays before the game start when I post my bets. Everything, my record is always updated, always on 100% accurate, 1,000%. The emoji is simply, that is me having fun. I have ever since we got Discord at the site and I put emoji grades. I used to do fun ones. I used to do things like smoking and this, and people would be like, what does that mean? I don't even understand it. And it got to the point where I was so done explaining to it that I said, fuck it. I'll just put X's and checks because people know that. And now everybody at our site does it as well. And it's fun and whatever. But my God, we live in an era where 
this is what I'm talking about. Nobody's interested in what's really right or wrong. Nobody's interested in the fucking truth anymore. And it's just very discouraging to provide content for people like that. Right? I'm of the mind. My thought is this. It's like, I don't know why. I don't want. I have too many employees at Fantasy Guru. I mean, we're talking marketing people and investment people and tech people and you know all these people that rely on what I do. And I that's very stressful. I take that very seriously. I know everybody's family. I know everybody everybody's girlfriends and boyfriends and secret boyfriends and girlfriends. I, I know everything everybody's got going on. And I take it all very seriously. It's a very important thing. So by the way, tearing me down also hurts all them if you were to do it. <laughs> but I'm sure nobody cares about that. Um, that's the idea. Is like, oh yeah, everything will be fine. No, it won't be fine. It would not be fine. But I, I'm sort of done with that. I, it's too much stress and too much pressure. I'm more than willing to deal with anything that I have to deal with. But when what I do, what people say and do about me affects other people, that's going too far. And that's where I'm like, do I need, I'm seriously think I'm not going to post any more bets on our discord. These are immature people and not all of them. Again, 90% are actually great. And people say, well, why are you punishing all of us? It's unfortunately how it has to happen. Like I said, with the two and on people, you can't have nice things. You're not going to, you are not going to have nice things. All of us are not going to have nice things if we continue to condone this behavior and allow it. When you deny the truth, when you do not deny facts, when you pretend like it, because you're trying, obviously you're trying to advance something there. You're, you're just creating an environment where nobody's going to tell the truth and nobody's going to want to be out there. Nobody's going to want to help you or help other people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and being a professional Twitter troll or Discord troll, there's no, I don't know what the end game in that is. I have a big social media following. What is Nugenix going to pay you for some endorsement? Do you know what they pay? You think it's like millions of dollars if you're a Kardashian. You know how many people approach me for social media thing? A lot, every single day. I'll say uh, at least every single week. I'll give you $50. I'll give you $500. Oh. The $500 seems nice to people, but not to sell boner pills and stupid shit like that. And that will last for six months until they realize you get no return on investment. Nobody buys the shit you endorse because you endorse bullshit. And then you're gone. Then your your whole big following it amounts to nothing. Anyway, the Discord, that, that emoji gate one was uh, pretty personal to me as well. I'm not posting there. I'm posting where it's legit fantasyguru.com nice and easy people are like oh, i want you posting there i don't give a fuck no 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 nope nope people are gonna grade go buy an emoji on a site you guys need to break that cycle go we need to be more professional in our entire analysis anyway the fact that there's professional twitter and instagram accounts is really silly it's just a silly premise but we have people that start whole companies and they say, oh, in order to cut down costs, 
they just go through Discord or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and that's their whole business. And you got to be very suspicious of those types of businesses. So we're above board. We're a professional organization of fantasyguru.com. All bets. Go to fantasyguru.com. Gaming menu, football, NFL bets right there. What about the other sports? I don't know. I don't post for other sports. Except baseball. I do baseball. And college basketball. Because I was money on it last year. Fuck straight cash, homie. So that's it on that. Um, I, I have a lot more to say about the Discord gate, but... You know, it just is what it is. I apologize to people that you have to go to the site now instead of being, you can't, this is what happens though. And by the way, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go into a little bit. Here's what happened on the discord situation. They, um, they, it was during the day Sunday, the people got tilted. We all got pissed off the Ravens game, my single game parlay. Can't remember if I, I don't think I gave that on the podcast last week, but it was my Friday, one of my Friday bets. And and that, that was a win. Ravens had the game locked up. The under was locked up. Everything was locked up and fucking 33 point fourth quarter out of nowhere. Just tanked it and ruined it. I was pissed. Everybody who bet it was pissed. I'm sure it was one of the worst beats you could do as far as pure length of victory, the amount of hoops she had to jump through for us to lose was unconscious. So it sucked. Well, instead of just being mad at Lamar Jackson or Mark Andrews or John Harbaugh or fucking Trevor Lawrence for beating them or whatever it was, it turned on this, this site sucks. This betting sucks. You guys suck and everybody sucks. And, and you know, venting i get it fine but then it got like not any football bets and i'm like okay i've hit 78.2 percent of my bets over the last four weeks i've hit 80 percent of parlay single game parlays that is an unconscious number such a high number okay for the season i'm at 61 percent which is where i've been pretty much each of the last five years yeah i got it right in front of me here so it doesn't suck. And we, it took a terrible beat to lose that one. And I just come off of three consecutive, or I'm sorry. Uh, no, I didn't. I hit one, two. So it's two and two last two game, four uh, game parlays. I missed two on Thanksgiving. Somehow I did hit the Cowboys game, but I've been ultra hot and everybody knew it. So it was bullshit. So I just went in and said, okay, let's calm down. Yes. Pissed. No, that doesn't suck. And then the guy kept going and he kept going. He's like, ah, ah, you know, he's people are betting all kinds of things and it's all erratic. And I don't know when the times are posted on like, well, you know, he's got a point. And then, um, then he says, uh, but when you mark Darnell Mooney as a win, it's frustrating. I can't trust this and before that he said i'm i'm angry and i'm gonna go in and i don't care i'll rant fuck them okay but then you you know come out to the big dog you better be right and a big dog's got every single bet locked into a spreadsheet that i have no control over except entering 
that has all of our records and everything in there. I'm sorry. It has just mine and Rob's because uh, other guys fire off live bets and side bets and all this other stuff. And, you know, I not going to be anybody's mommy or daddy. But this is the thing. Everybody relies on me to bring, you know, for the customers and to, you know, provide this service and help people. And I try. And then, you know, we, I got our guys posting bets willy nilly. And then they don't ever blame the other guy. They only blame me. And that's my reputation that comes into it. Well, when it's my reputation, you know what I do. I post the same bets at the same times, the same days, in the same spots, always updated in front of everybody. So when somebody says, oh, you marked something wrong. Well, yeah. What are you saying? Well, you can't trust your bets. When you say you can't trust my record, well, that's it. Then good. Get the fuck out. I kicked them out. You don't need my service then. Period. Go do somebody else's service. That's not going to be. I'm not allowing that anywhere near me. And that's where I'm. I'm ready just to go to jeffmans.com and just start posting all my shit there. Like. You, you know, our staff and everybody, if we're going to just be willy nilly, if we're just going to be like this, this is how it was when I worked with these other groups and they were all doing shit. I just I was able to stay with my head down and 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 just do my thing and not worry about it. And I kind of just I just lived in my own world. But now when it all comes on me, it's all the blame is on me. I'm not I'm, I'll take my blame for what I miss and don't. As Tuanon is finding out, I when I, you're wrong and when I'm right, you also hear about it. Don't come at me when I'm actually right. That's going to be a bad – I will never fucking let that go. Let's get into it. Let's get into football, though. I'm sure you guys are sick of it, and I apologize. This is too much fucking drama, quite honestly. Um, oh, I will say one other thing. People have reached out and asked and and all this, and I will say that uh, during all this, on top of all this, for I had mentioned in a previous podcast about some family issues and things that were going on, and I will say it now as well that, uh, yes, unfortunately, my daughter does have to have heart surgery coming up here in uh, hopefully very, very soon. you got to get the situation to deal with. She does not like me talking about it. She does not. I'm not, but I've not discuss it on the podcast and it's not out of trying to withhold information or anything. I appreciate every one of you that have reached out, every one of you that has followed up and, and wished us well. It means the absolute world to me and to us. So I appreciate that very, very much. And I'm just not going to talk about it. her business and that's not for me to disclose any more than that so yeah we will be going through that so if i end up taking some time off here in the near future i don't think it'll be before the end of the year though so the next four weeks i think we're okay but early in the new year that will be why all right week 13 tough decisions what do we do about deshaun watson deshaun watson led the nfl in passing back when i was talking him up and Tua down and he was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks and the NFL back with the Houston Texans. It's hard to trust him. We haven't seen a guy play football in two years. You, your skills don't just stay the same, right? It's, it's this mystery. It's kind of like the Tua stuff where everybody is 
you, you just blanket statement. This guy's great and he's going to be great. Deshaun Watson is great. I'm sure he'll be good for the Browns long term. However, even though it's a great matchup, I'm not over the moon excited. I think they'll just run right down the throats of Houston. I really do. And I think with Kyle Allen starting, I don't think this will be a very competitive game. I've got Deshaun Watson ninth. I have him ahead of Dak, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, ahead of Geno and Derek Carr. So I'm optimistic because if this wasn't against his team that then, you know, that he wants to throw for more yards and passing and running. If he didn't, if there wasn't that chip going into this game, I'd probably have Watson outside the top 12. But because of that, I am a little more optimistic on him. Trevor Lawrence, I have at 14. I have him behind Carr, Gino. I think too many, I love what Trevor Lawrence is doing too. And listen, I've been wrong on Trevor Lawrence. I thought he was the greatest prospect of all time or next to Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning of my adulthood that I've ever seen a quarterback, and he has been dog shit most of the year. He is starting to come. Last three games, very good. He's played very good. But Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens, the Ravens, that's that's as impressive as it's gotten because that's a good defense. So he should be able to shred Detroit. But I, I worry that we're going, we're getting too excited. We've done this with Carson Wentz, and we've done this with uh, Jared Goff, and we've done this with Mac Jones, and we've done it with Bailey Zappi, and we've done it with uh, Fields. Again, injury hurt him more than anything, but we did it with Daniel Jones. We've we get on these kicks with these quarterbacks, and then we realize, oh yeah, they're still the same guy. That becomes a problem. Damian Pierce, do not bench Damian Pierce this week. All right, do not do it. Cleveland Browns are bad against the run, and it's not like these previous matchups where um, the game script is completely against Houston and against Washington. It was a tough defense there. Miami's a tough run defense as well. Now, if there's a silver lining, I don't know if there is, but in the last two games for Pierce, is that he has five catches, his seven catches over his last three. And then before that, like for, for the season, Damian Pierce, especially if you take away those first two games, he's got 27 receptions on the season. He had none against Philly, but he ran the ball 30 damn times. So he's been a three catch a game guy since. So you get a little bit extra, even though the game script isn't going Cleveland just, kind of stinks against the run. Not kind of. They're fucking bad against the run. And, you know, Pierce is at the stage. He's starting to hit a wall. It's been a big workload for him this season. But you can't bench him in a situation like this. I just am not going to do it. The Browns are second-worst DVOA against the run. So I'm still in on him. I've got him at running back 23, got him ahead of Miles Sanders. I got him ahead of Pacheco, ahead of A.J. Dillon, ahead of Brian Robinson, right behind Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson, and Jamal Williams. So that's where I'm at on Pierce. Speaking of Pacheco, how does the Melvin Gordon signing? The, the Chiefs play the Broncos two of the next four weeks. So why, why not? Why wouldn't you go sign a player – that knows everything, all the ins and outs of Russell Wilson, knows what's going on 
with the Broncos on both sides of the ball. Why, why not go pick his brain? You know, he's pissed. He's a veteran that just, he's not coming back to Denver after the way they treated him. So it's a no brainer, right? This is a fucking no brainer. Everybody, as far as uh, assigning him, he's not going to overtake Pacheco. If there's a role for Miller and Gordon, it is short yardage only. I don't think he even plays this week. Like I, I just do not believe that he winds up playing this week. So that's off the table, at least now. And then after that, you've got the Broncos, which is a game he'll play in Denver, then the Texans, Seattle, then Denver again. So don't go over the moon about Melvin Gordon. It's McKinnon and Pacheco splitting this backfield. When Melvin Gordon mixes in, he may be the short yardage goal line guy, but he has had fumbling problems all year long. Had him last year too. So if he fumbles on the goal line, we're back to Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Andy Reid won't stand for that. The Michael Carter, Bam, um, Bam White and Ty Johnson situation. Uh, Knight, I mean, did I tell him Bam White? Zonovan Knight, but don't call him Zonovan. You seem like you don't know what you're talking about. It's Bam Knight. Um, Michael Carter left the game. It's a mild ankle sprain. He could play this week. There's a chance that Michael Carter plays. And in which case, this whole thing is moot because Ty Johnson is the number two and Knight would be the number three. Now, I can't believe you're picking up this guy because James Robinson was a very surprise and active with the knee, now a knee injury. They say it hasn't been right all year. Fine and dandy. But they traded capital for him. And he's in no danger of costing them a higher pick at this point after sitting out last week. So if Carter doesn't play, I, it's going to be Ty Johnson, James Robinson, and Knight mixing in too. If Carter somehow plays, we could see a scenario in which Mr. Zonovan Knight isn't even active. Right? We could that is a potential. You could be picking up a player that may not even be active. Last week was the first week he played. Everybody knows that, right? Like he has been inactive the whole year. I, I don't. I think it's a shitty pickup. I just don't think of it. Um, Minnesota's a tough defense. Buffalo game script's not going to be good. If somehow he wiggles his way to week 15 against Detroit, God bless you. But I don't have that kind of time at this time of the season for that. The Najee Harris Pittsburgh situation looks like Najee escaped serious injury somehow, but Benny Snell takes over as the number one. If Najee were to miss Jalen Warren was back at practice as I'm recording this today. So that means Warren wouldn't elevate to the full-time back role in Pittsburgh. I've been clear about this all season long. Warren would stay in his lane, be the pass catcher. He's a small guy. Benny Snell would take over. It would be more of a split. Warren would play a more prominent role. But Benny Snell likely going to get goal line carries with and short yardage situation. Probably will have more carries than Warren, where Warren would have more touches and more snaps. So if that helped, again, what it does, can't really use either of them. That's unfortunately what it does. 
for what it's worth, I do like to play pass catchers against Atlanta. So for this week, it may work. We just don't know exactly what Najee Harris's situation is going to be until we won't know until Saturday. I guarantee this comes down to freaking Saturday. So that's a rough one. That's a rough one. Um, other situations. Let's look at wide receivers. The Packers, Alan Lazard, Mike Concho people are freaking the fuck out. You guys are going crazy. I have Watson ahead of Lazard, but there's a caveat. There's Romeo Dubs is back in the saddle. He's back at practice. We do not know if he's going to play. It's too early in the week as of this recording. If Dubs plays, it it makes this a terrible situation. Just terrible. Because now we don't know if this was week eight or seven, we could make a definitive call and we could say, all right, Watson has overtaken Dubs and we'll play Watson. Or Dubs was the starter before. He was the right-hand man, Aaron Rodgers, on the outside before. So we'll go with him. We could do that because if we're wrong, we can go back next week, but there's no more next weeks. There's no more next weeks for us in the playoffs. Or if we're sitting at seven and five, I have a lot of leagues where I'm seven and five and that would be a big problem. So we'll see how Romeo dubs progresses. As of now, I'll have Watson one for the Packers. I have Lazard as a flex for this week. So let's see, Watson wound up being 25 on my board. He's just outside the, he, this, even though it's a great matchup and I'm sure they will throw multiple touchdowns on the bears. It, because of dubs and because Lazard versus Watson, Watson's the big play guy. It, it's hard to trust anyone as a wide receiver too. So Watson gets 25 overall wide receiver where Lazard is 31. So I do have Lazard as a wide receiver three. My personal belief is that the Aaron Rodgers is going to make a big play. They're going to put the ball into the hands of Christian Watson early in this game. They want to get some points on the board early and Chicago's secondary is dog shit. So they are going to do that. And if Watson hits and he scores touchdown, well, he's obviously going to be the more point getter. But if you start getting later on this game, and if the game's remotely close, when they get it onto the goal line, inside the 10-yard line, that ball's going to Alan Lazard. So if Lazard caught multiple touchdowns, it would not be a surprise. If he gets above 55 yards receiving, that would be a surprise. Two touchdowns, not a big surprise. One touchdown, I pretty much guarantee it for Lazard because they they could have their way. And Lazard is Rogers' real main guy. So don't discount Lazard just with Watson's emergence. Again, if Dubs is active, it throws everything into the air. I would stick with it with Watson being the one. Actually, I think I would end up with Lazard slightly more confident playing inside against Kyler Gordon than I would with either Watson or dubs, even though I think the ball will go to Watson on a big play, but I think unless they connect, it could also have a big disappointing game too, which you can't afford in the playoffs. 
the Jets situation. Oh, Mike White, everyone wants to climb aboard, and you know, he looked very good. It appeared to be a Garrett Wilson game last week, though I will say, you know, deeper look, Elijah Moore, everybody was a lot more active. Uh, all three of these Jets receivers, even Corey Davis, who Davis is the one guy is probably not in this mix because he is Zach Wilson's guy. But Corey Davis did play more snaps overall than Elijah Moore and technically even had a higher target share than Elijah Moore. So um, Garrett Wilson, though, is is the one. One guy I can trust. I'm not going to go, even though Minnesota secondary stinks, it is a pass funnel defense. I think Mike White's going to disappoint people this week. So Garrett Wilson's as deep as I'm going to go with that. Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers. Everybody asking about the Jaguars wide receivers and rightfully so is a tremendous game. Zay Jones, two back-to-back absolute banger games. It's funny because Zay Jones was my guy when he was with the Raiders last year down the stretch at really the best value in DFS week after week after week. And we just rolled with it. He is playing equal to Christian Kirk. Um, has a higher target share over the last two weeks than Christian Kirk. Um, so, you know, our last two games, I should say. So, you know, that I like Say Jones, but I'm not going over the moon. Here's the ultimate thing with Jacksonville they're playing Detroit. It's got a high over under, I think it's 51 expected total, second only to Kansas City, Cincinnati. Expecting any game in 2022 to go over 52 points is pretty foolish. It just, uh, I know they're in a dome weather's not affected necessarily, but games just don't go over that number and like it or not, the, um, the Jaguars have gone over that number twice all year, right? They've only gone over 51 points twice. That was once was last week in a miracle comeback against the Baltimore Ravens. That was a very impressive game, but I'm not going to go over the moon on that one either. So we're starting Travis Etienne. If he plays, it looks like the foot is fine. We're starting Christian Kirk because, of course, he's an every week starter. He's wide receiver two every week. So are we going to go? And then Trevor Lawrence is on the fringe and people, if you're hurting at quarterback, he's a top 12 type guy. I technically have him at 14 this week, but he's in that same tier because Geno Smith, Derek Carr, pick your poison. If you pick Lawrence over Carr, I'd have no problem with that. I have Carr one spot ahead, but so that's the problem there. So are we going to go four deep on the fucking Jaguars? That doesn't feel good to me. Now, if you think, well, Zay Jones is going to outproduce Christian Kirk. Okay. Well, okay. There, there you go. That's your path and roll with it and be with God. I, I think that's, that would be a fair assessment. You know, remember when Zay Jones had his big outing two weeks ago against Kansas city, that was 10 targets, eight for 68, right? 
Well, in that game, Kirk went 12 targets, nine for 105 and two touchdowns. Seems like forever ago because it was two weeks. But, and again, they only scored 17 points. So Kirk had both those touchdowns. So even though Zay Jones' stat line looks good in that game, it was clearly secondary to Christian Kirk. And then last week, where Zay Jones broke out and went bananas, 14, 11, 145. This is the one where Christian Kirk only had nine for, or four for 46 and nine targets, right? No touchdowns out of that. So is that what you expect? You think because that happened against Baltimore, you shouldn't think that because Marlon Humphrey was on Christian Kirk. Marlon Humphrey is one of the best, most aggressive two corners in the league. And they don't have that in Detroit. So I'd be careful with all that is what I'm saying. Me for this week, I've got Zay Jones probably lower than anybody else on God's green earth. Um, I have, yeah, I have him all the way down to 42, 42 out of wide receivers. Paris Campbell's ahead of him. Tyler Boyd's ahead of him. I'll probably move him up ahead of Boyd. Once we get confirmation on Jamar chase, uh, depending on how things break with uh, Marquez Velda Scantling. I've got him a couple spots ahead as well. I'll probably end up with Zay over him. So when all said and done on Sunday morning, Zay Jones is going to look like 38-ish on my board, let's say is high. So he's just outside of wide receiver three territory. So again, be careful. Uh, there we go. That's some of the players. I know not a ton of breakdown. And analysis on this one. I had to get to the two and on people. I had to talk about uh, betting discord and emoji gate 2022. I hope I don't have to comment on this bullshit much going forward. It's just exhausting. It's the holiday season. I don't want to be dealing with this garbage. And I'm sure none of you want to as well. Single game parlay. I promised you guys at the start of the episode, I will give you one. This is not, I don't like Thursday night football this week. I do not like it from a betting standpoint. I'll just say it going away. I have a lean, but I don't love the game. I think that Buffalo is clearly the better team, but they've also been playing like clearly the better pile of dog shit. That's an issue. New England has played them tough in the past, but they also, this is a statement game. Bills blew them out playoffs and uh, late in the regular season last year. This is their first meeting of 2022 since that playoff loss, but it's in Foxborough and Belichick is going. He's had a long time to prepare. Well, same amount of days, I suppose, because they played on Thursday, but you get my drift that they're going to be ready for this game. Josh Allen, if you didn't hear the Sirius XM show, I'm going to, I'll give you guys a little bit of a, um, I'll give you a break, a quick synopsis. Josh Allen. All right. I'm going to compare Josh Allen to another NFL quarterback over the last six games, 59.6 completion percentage for Josh Allen. The, this other quarterback, 61.1% completion percentage. So better Josh Allen, 7.0 yards per pass attempt. This other quarterback, 6.8. So Allen slightly better. Both quarterbacks have a six touchdown to seven interception ratio. Josh Allen's quarterback rating 75.7 passer rating to 
this other quarterback 75.5, just 0.2 better for Josh Allen. Who is that other quarterback? Davis Mills, Houston Texans. Yeah, he didn't start. He he was benched in favor of Kyle fucking Allen. So, just saying, Josh Allen has not played well. It's all the rushing. You know Belichick's going to stop. Try to stop that as much as he can. So be careful with this game. I, I, Bill, if this if everything was going for the Bills normally, I would look at this spread and I'd be like, yeah, Buffalo by four, no problem. They'll win by a touchdown. Away we go. Instead, I'm going to go with the Patriots and take points. And I'm going up to eight and a half points. So Patriots plus eight and a half. And I'm going to do the under. I think there'll be a better defensive game, both sides, under 47 and a half. It's at plus 115 right now. DraftKings Sportsbook. It's only plus one fucking 11 for some reason at FanDuel. I don't understand it. FanDuel's giving us shitty odds. But, um, oh, it's 120, plus 120 at DraftKings. My bad. Boom. There we go. So not quite the 130, but I'll take plus odds on the single game parlay with that one. My survivor picks of the week, Baltimore Ravens, number one. Green Bay Packers, number two. Dallas Cowboys, number three. So that's something that I think will be very, very good for you as well. I'm also working on some things with a new betting partner for my prop bets. Um, I've been doing these at Superdraft for most of the season. Not sure we're going to go back or, or not. Um, talked about that with the, the Superdraft issues over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I'm working on something maybe because when you're hot, you're hot. Now you want to ride the hot hand and I'm trying to get a, a thing like that. So pay attention to at Jeff underscore man's the Sirius XM show or discord, of course, at fantasyguru.com for more information on that. So I may have one there. The bet of the week, listen, Denver and Baltimore, I'm going under and I'm going to use an alt line spread. It's only a minus 130, under 40 and a half. Why is this at 39 and a half? Why? <laughs> this one should be, I, I upped at one point. I, I, you could easily just take the, the um, minus 115. You could easily just take that under 39 and a half right now fine but yeah I, I like 40 just a better number overall i don't think there'll be any points scored in fact i wouldn't doubt if baltimore shut out denver and then ravens the offense hasn't been anything anyway so what's the most they'll score 24 maybe a crazy 27 27 to 10 27 to 13 all right that's where we stay. 2713 is the cap. That's as far as I'll go. And that will get us under that 40 and a half. So there you go. Under 40 and a half there. And then the upside of the week, I mentioned at the start of the show, shouldn't even, this is a bad mark. The New York Giants at home against Washington. Giants are just getting absolutely shit on with this line. I understand that Washington's been hot, but look at these games. Pay attention to what's happening. Who is Washington beat? Seriously, they beat the Bears barely. They barely squeaked by the Packers. They Listen, the Bears, they won by five. 12 to seven. They won by two over the Packers. They won by one over the Colts. They lost to the Vikings. 
Then they won by 11 over the Eagles. That that was the impressive win. We all saw that Monday night. We think, oh, shit, that's the real deal. Then they beat Houston, but they were never really dominated Houston, which is should bring us back to neutral on them after a very impressive Eagles, but no, people stayed. And then the Falcons, they should have lost that game. The Falcons shot themselves in the foot, running into the passer. So, again, not that impressive wins. The Giants are a good team. Now They've lost some games. They're still 7-4 and four on the season. It's a big deal. They're playing at home as well. So, And these two teams play each other two of the next three weeks, once in New York here and then another time in Washington. Even if they were to split this series, the Giants will beat them here, and they're two-point underdogs. So Giants will win that game. That's your upset of the week. All right, folks, this has gone long. I know. I hope you got enough information here with the starts and sits. I think that was important to talk about those players. The bets are all there. Remember, head over to fantasyguru.com. We do have all the bets. We have all the DFS cash game breakdown every Friday night, live streams, more podcasts, chats, data, everything you need to win your leagues to win in DFS, to win sports betting. It's all over there as well. That will do it for me, everybody. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Go pound sand. If you were a Tuanon member, if you don't see reality, if you're one of those Dolphins people that came at you, go pound sand or came at me, go pound sand, baby, because you may disagree with some or maybe every freaking thing that you heard on today's show but that's all right with me baby why those who know know why because it was one man's opinion see you next time everybody do so